This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 149. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined, as usual, by Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? As usual, I am never better. <laughs> well, today, I'm pretty excited about our topic. John just moved into his own art studio where he's teaching, and we're going to talk a bit about that today. This is so brand new to me. I mean, it's only been, what, let me look here, about two weeks, I guess, since my last day from my 20-year career, my last day at Macy's Corporate Services, and my department just uh, went away. They outsourced the particular department that I was in, and so I was told, you can go out to pasture now. So <laughs> that's what I did. And it's kind of now, this is a big, big change from what you were doing because your job before was numbers and data and yeah, yeah, the exactly. opposite of today. Yeah, I, I worked as a uh, my last uh, role there. I've had several in IT, but my last one was a senior risk data developer. Throughout my career at Macy's working in IT, uh, I'd managed teams in the past and uh, as an IT manager, uh, systems administrator, um, did some support, you know, did system support at one time, done a lot of different roles, some project management type stuff. And then in this final role for about the past oh, five to 12 years, depending on how you reckon it, um, yeah, did data development. So, yeah, this is a huge change. And I've been doing art now um, by it, you know, on its own uh, as my primary thing, as my day job. And it's different. (laughs) It is so different. Well, when you decided to get a studio, because that's a big step all in its own. When you decided, what were you looking for in a studio? I wanted something where I would have adequate space. I would have more space than I did in my house. And I was outgrowing uh, where I was in, in my house. And so I needed something where I knew I had enough room to move around and be able to record videos um, because of my um, online academy. That I, you know, I wanted something that was adequate for that. But then I also was wanting a classroom because I wanted to have something connected where I could, you know, teach students at this uh, classroom location. And so what I was doing is I was on my way back home from my commute at work. And it was a few, well, maybe like two weeks after, maybe it was the, no, you know what? It was the week of, now that I think about it, it was the week that I was told, you know, guess what? You know, you're getting laid off. Um, that I was driving through uh, Milford, Ohio. That's on my way back home and, you know, to work and back home. And I saw a sign by a build, an old building that I really loved, and it said, uh, room for rent. And I thought, hmm, or something like that, you know, something for rent. And I thought, hmm, and I knew that was a business area. And I thought that it was probably, you know, uh, a room in this particular building. 
And it was. So I called called the guy up, talked to him about it, met with him, and about two months later, then what happened was I went ahead and moved in uh, to this space. So yeah, it's kind of surreal in a way when I think back about it and I think about how that happened. But the space really just fit you know those needs like I was talking about. It was a space that was large enough. It has two doors, uh, one that enters directly into the classroom, although I'm not really going to be using that one, I don't think. And then one that enters directly into the studio, but they're both connected. They're both attached, so there's a door separating the two rooms. The studio space, it's on the small side but certainly bigger than what I had at home, and it's adequate for what I need to do. And then uh, inside the classroom area, what I've got is about, uh, it's nearly 20 feet uh, square. You know, it's not real large either, but you can fit, you know, enough students in there to be able to teach a class. I mean, it's decent size. So you go into a space, it's completely empty. What are the things that you needed to buy to fill this space? What were some of the first things that you got? Okay, well, first of all, it was painted like this very bright, bright yellow, which was very Ooh. jarring. <laughs> and then <laughs> then the uh, studio uh, area, that room was painted like this lime kind of green. And so the first wow, thing was... Went from bad to worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So we put some eggshell type of paint on there, some good neutral type of paint. And then the other thing was, you know, this is a hundred, it's a little over a hundred years old, this building is. And I'm in the lower level of this very, very old brick building. And it is very close to the Miami River. Um, so I'm within, you know, just uh, walking distance, about 50 feet, actually, from something like that. I'm trying to figure it out, but it's, um, you know, not very far from the river. So this was actually like a, uh, a little docking port area right in here, uh, so I'm told. I need to get a little more complete history on what was going on in this little area, but there's a lot of historic stuff that happened right in here and with this building. I want to contact the Historical Society for Milford and find out a little bit more about it, but I, I think that's interesting. They had it some is. of that history in there. Yeah. So, um, you know, paint on the walls, and then I needed to have some tables, some kind of furniture in the classroom. The studio, you know, I can just bring in my desk, and I had a few things that I use uh, for, you know, my drawing desk and my computer desk and things like that. But what I did over there in the classroom was I commissioned three tables to be built. It just so happens that I have a very talented cousin who is an engineer mechanical engineer and he went ahead and you know i talked to him about it he you know bought the uh, materials and he designed these nice big sturdy tables and uh, built these for me so they're eight feet long i can get three people per table another exciting thing about this at this design and i'll do a, a more complete walkthrough of the classroom and the studio so that you guys can take a look at this and see what i'm talking about but on the tables um what we're going to do is he's going to put like this and let's see if i can describe this but he's got like this um this system where you can have some storage bins underneath that run on this rack so that you can have enough storage right below uh, where you're sitting at the table and then you can pull these out like a drawer and you can put your supplies inside of there. So I think that's pretty clever. It saves a lot of space, but it also gives you an adequate amount of storage 
uh, to use at your little particular workstation. And then I've got, you know, these uh, sketch boards for drawing, kind of like a tabletop easel is what they are. And you can use them for painting or whatever. But they're very sturdy and heavy. But, you know, that makes a really nice design for this type of table. He's using like this, uh, I think it's called a, a leader beam on the very bottom of these tables. And it's raised a little few inches off the ground, so it makes a nice little footrest. You can put your feet on that. You're not going to move that table at all. It's not going to jiggle yes. or anything because it's so heavy. That's you important know, just when you have... Constructed so well. Yeah, when it you is, have multiple yeah. students at a table, we yes. used to use the big six-foot folding tables. And that was always a problem because if one right. person bumped Someone's it, it screwed it. up somebody else. And uh, yeah, luckily... Yeah. I never had any students get truly mad at another student. Everyone was always so friendly. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's got to be. But you kind of get irritated yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. A big heavyweight uh-huh. table. That is. Really yeah, that cool. was a requirement that I had. It was like, I, you know, I don't care. You know, it, it's it's function over form here. I don't care, you know, anything about uh, what it looks like as much as I do the functionality that these things have to be extremely heavy and functional. And so that that requirement was met, but it exceeded my requirements because it, these things are a work of art. I mean, they are beautiful. I saw photos of them. The wood is gorgeous. Yeah, it now, is. How many students uh, total so nice. can you fit in your classroom given those tables and the spaces that you have? So the way that I want to do this is with those tables, I'm, I can fit nine people in there. That's I could perfect that. Yeah, it, I it want really more is. Than that I could put more, but I don't really want to do that. Yeah. yeah. So besides that room, then you've got your office. What did you What did you need to include or incorporate in the office? And what did you need to do to set up? Because you would have had to have gotten internet and. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a hundred little things that you never think about until you start, you know, going through all of this. Now, I started, you know, keeping a list and writing a lot of things down and thinking about what I would be requiring. When I talked to the landlord, he came down on the rent a lot when he found out, you know, what I was what I was trying to accomplish. And I was pretty upfront with him about it, you know, and I told him, I said, this may not work out. You know, I may not be able to do this. I will just have to see how this goes. I mean, the online academy that I have, the Sharpened Artist Academy, is a successful online business. I'm very pleased and happy with that, uh, although I've got a lot of big plans for that this year as well. But something that is successful like that online and then doing something more physical, you know, not teaching at Hobby Lobby or at Michael's or, or Plaza Art. Or, um, and I've done all of those things and I've taught at local libraries here, but doing something, as you know, Lisa, in your own space and moving that traffic over mm-hmm. physical traffic, traffic I'm talking about over yeah. to your own space, that is quite an uphill battle because, You know, you just don't have the foot traffic over here like you would at a retail location. And so I had to consider that. And plus the overhead, all the expenses going in to, you know, renting the room each month, got rent for that. I have to pay for internet now, separate bill for my internet over here. It's zoned for business, so I have to pay a business rate. I have utilities I have to pay. So, 
you just don't think about a lot of these kind of things. I had to get general liability insurance on all of my equipment, everything that would be filling up this uh, space in the studio, especially because of computers, equipment, microphones, mixers, supporting equipment for the stands, for the cameras, things like that. Things in the cameras themselves, obviously. I mean, we're talking about, you know, upwards of $10,000 for all of the equipment that, that, that I just listed scanners and uh, some other things. So I don't feel as uh, threatened now. You know, I, at, at first I was like, wow, I, you know, I need to put bars on the windows or something. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I'm getting yeah. extreme. But after getting the general liability insurance and walking through that and figuring out exactly what I need to have covered, uh, I feel a little bit more comfortable about that. But if you're listening today and you're thinking about doing this, you know, those are some of the things that you want to uh, figure out and you want to make sure that it's going to be a worthwhile endeavor before you pull that trigger and you make that move. But to answer your question also, you talked about, you know, what else I would have to put in here. One thing I did have to do is I have a display table and it sits right by my desk. And so it's on the other side of my drawing desk. When you come into the door, then immediately when you approach the studio, you'll have a display table for any foot traffic that would come in. They'll see immediately right there, my business card, they'll see for the open house in particular, I'm thinking about, you know, I had a, a, a door prize drawing so they could uh, fill out a form for that. I've got a trifold of what I'm offering for the classes and for the workshops. And so let me talk about those really quick then. For the classes, what I'm doing right now is I have a Monday night open drawing drop-in class and so that no one ever feels lost. They don't feel behind. They can work on their own projects and bring their own art materials and supplies from home. I'll offer instruction if they want that. Otherwise, I'll leave them alone and they can work on their own thing at their own pace. And then Thursday night, we'll have structured, more structured types of programs that we'll have set up. And with those, I'll have handouts and I'll have a drawing board in there, an easel where we can go over certain things and we'll be teaching a particular curriculum each time. And so that is all part of the calendar and I'll be keeping that calendar updated on what we're going to be covering so people will know before coming to class. Another thing I'm really excited about is the grand opening is in April. So anyone coming to any of these classes in the month of April, including a workshop, they'll get half off. So the price will be slashed in half. That's kind of exciting. And the other cool thing about it is I've got a rewards card. I know as cheesy as that sounds, <laughs> uh, it's kind of fun, though. It's kind of exciting because I, I don't know about you, but I love rewards cards uh, like at the coffee shop. You know, I just I just like that. It just makes it kind of fun. So every fourth class, after you finish your fourth class or workshop, then you'll get a free one after that. So I think that's kind of fun. That is fun. So what is your schedule besides that? I mean, now that you're working on your own, how is this all coming together for you? When you wake up, what time are you waking up and where are you going every day to the studio or what are you? I'm going every day and I have not allowed myself to sleep in, not even one day yet. Um, Well, except for Saturday, but most, let me think. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple of Saturdays. And usually that's, that's even kind of rare for me. I usually don't even sleep in on Saturday. I was typically getting up between, you know, five and six o'clock. I still do that. That's when I go to sleep at night. (laughs) 
I know. That's so funny. So, yeah, I still do that. I get up, you know, I make breakfast for my girls before they go off to school. And I come down here to the studio and I start working. And I have to script out everything. I have to write down everything I'm going to do, how to, you know, everything that I'm deciding I'm going to do. I plan my day. Now, I have to admit, in that first week, which was a couple of weeks ago now, I, you know, I got a little lax about things and I thought, okay, um, I need to go, you know, I need to go to Walmart or I need to go to Target and I got I to go grab this thing right now or I got to go to Ikea and get this particular piece of furniture. That'll be quick and easy and I get that and put it together. And I allowed myself just to leave in the middle of the day and go do that. Well, you know what that does is it throws your whole day out of whack and all those things that you had planned and scheduled – now you put them off until the evening. When a typical day when I was working my day job before, I would say, okay, for my art business in the evening, what I need to do tonight is I need to go to Target or whatever, you know, that is an example. But, you know, I didn't protect my time is what I'm getting at uh-huh. in the beginning about a couple of weeks ago. So I've gotten a little bit more rigid about that. And I just said, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. Now, I, I got to tell you, it does help being in a separate location when this is your primary job, uh, for me, that helps because now I can protect my time because I'm not at home or I'm not just, you know, available at the whim of, you know, whoever or whatever, you know, and I can say no. And even if it's telling myself, no, yeah. no, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to work on what I, what I said I was going to work on when I said I was going to do it. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick to that schedule. You know, a lot of places, a lot of cities have studio spaces for artists where it's essentially mm-hmm. a tiny right. room. I mean, you're working in a closet, yeah. but it's a closet that's away from your home. And a lot of people need that in order to get yes. work done. They have to go somewhere else or they don't get it done. But the environment looked really neat because you can walk through and in different rooms, you've got different artists working on different projects. And it, it does create a really cool atmosphere. So they that is- that in Cincinnati. Even yeah yeah you're exactly right it's called Essex Studio here in Cincinnati but yeah a lot of cities do have that yeah I think it's a great idea because not everybody can work from home not everybody's going to be happy working from home so if right. an artist yeah. I've some that, don't want to yeah I've heard that complaint from artists where they thought I you know I love art but I, I'd be too lonely I don't want to sit at home all day mm. and work like yeah. that now me I love that but I get where someone wouldn't and these locations I think are so awesome I mean you yeah. obviously you're not going to have everybody starting a studio as you're doing, but you have some less expensive options. There's smaller options. You're not right, going to teach right. out of them, but it gets you out of the house. It does create an, a new workspace for you. So I always thought those were really neat. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that does. Yeah. And if you're listening today, that is another option to you. If you're thinking about doing something like that, then that may be a dipping the toe in the water kind of um, move for you to just to see what you would think about doing something like that. And that may be an ideal space for you. For me, this is ideal because I'm working still in a solitary way, which I enjoy. I love And I don't have neighbors just right on top of me, you know, that I'm worried about. And I had that whenever I was in my day job, you know, I kind of had, you know, people around me, which is fine. This is a different type of experience for me, but it's one that I really, really enjoy. It's the thing that I enjoyed about, you know, my evening and weekend job (laughs) doing art. I enjoyed having just that solitary time, just working on my own thing. Now I have that all the time. Yeah, definitely. Anytime you're you're going from a regular work, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, wow, 
words just left my brain completely. Like all of them, all the words are gone now. <laughs> wow. Uh, a very structured, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having something that's very structured, you have mm-hmm. deadlines and you have all of that. When you don't, I had a real problem mm-hmm. with that. When mm-hmm. I went full time as an artist, the amount of time I wasted, and I really wish someone would have warned me about that. I mean, this is really before the mm-hmm. internet was a big thing. You didn't have a lot of people giving you advice or anything. I mean, trying to get any advice from other artists back then, anyone you talked to acted like everything was a big secret. Don't tell people <laughs> your secrets. It was terrible the way <laughs> artists behaved back right. then. And this is back like late 90s, right around there. Late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Like way early 2000s. But now with the internet, I think everyone's gotten much more open and used to like, there are no secrets. We're sharing everything. But back then, there was nobody to tell you that. And I didn't realize how out of control that could get where you're just like, oh, I'm going to paint when I'm in the mood. I'm going to do this when I'm in the mood. And it's like having a schedule, even if you're still working a day job. You're right, still, right. and if you've got kids, that's that much more. You've got to have a schedule. If you are not sticking no, to the schedule, you don't get work right. done. You're exactly right. I underestimated how much time things would take. I thought, oh, if I didn't have the day job, I would have all yes, this time. I used to but, do the same thing. But it's not true. I mean, uh-huh. it's it, you. You still can fall in the same trap of, you know, of thinking that you just have so much time, you know, and that you don't have to be structured and. I, what I've what I learn, and I hope I've learned that just in that first week. I, I haven't allowed myself to slip back into that, so you know, hopefully, I'll I'll I think I'll the biggest stick thing, with this. If I could <laughs> tell myself, I did learn that. If I could tell myself one thing from back then, would be get rid of the stupid TV. Because you'll mm-hmm. turn it on mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I just want to listen to something, talk, I'll listen to it while I'm working. But how many times yeah. did I sit down and like, oh, I'm kind of interested in this show, so I'm going to spend an hour doing nothing. Like, mm, just, I could oh. see me probably doing something. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't have a TV down here, but I, you know, and I haven't started watching Netflix down here. I could do that. <laughs> Thanks for that idea. Lisa. <laughs> no, well, kidding. now but, I have a TV in my studio, a little one, for, but I only play movies that I've yeah. already seen a million times, like Harry so Potter. So you're, like you're not having to use your eyes yeah i'm not sitting there watching it it's actually behind you're just listening to it right so that has worked out okay but yeah when i was young you know when i first started the amount of time i wasted every day watching tv and it's kind of depressing because it's like what did it get me nothing there was no benefit in it yeah i just tell alexa now to play me something yeah oh she thinks i'm talking to her but anyway (laughs) and 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 that's you know that works out just nice you know you just sit there and and work on you know I got a couple of commissions that are keeping me busy right now and um, you know I, I just need to remember what I learned that first week that I have to protect this time uh, I think that's a good lesson for anybody yeah that, you know it, it's no different if you're doing this all the time or if this is your weekend thing or your evening you know type of of uh, business that you're doing it will always feel like there's something else that needs to be taken care of right now there's something else that needs to be done well right you right. just you're like yeah. I've got to do this first oh I need to get this done first or you'll start painting and yeah. feel guilty like crap I've got to do the la- I've got laundry going I forgot to change over or that's my big one oh, uh, right. there's always something though and it's like if you don't uh, lately I've done that you guys know or you know I've talked about that lately or before, last year god words are so hard tonight I have not had my coffee yet can you tell but I've I got off of my schedule with all of the health stuff and I'm not totally back on it. And the amount, I feel like I'm more behind than I was before, yet I'm producing less content. I shouldn't be more behind. I have more time and I'm having to sit there going, what am I spending my time on that I am so far behind on everything right now? 
You know, one other thing I think is kind of exciting too, Lisa. So we're going to be doing workshops as well. And I've got one in April for uh, the weekend of the 21st. So a Friday evening and Saturday, all day Saturday. I have a guest teacher that'll be coming in as well. I'm not going to announce her just yet because we're working out some of the details, but I'm real excited about that. Having some guest teachers coming in here as well. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's great. If you especially don't have, you know, if you're not teaching every night, that is such a good idea to get others in there. It is. It is. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. And I want to be as open as I possibly can be. And I want to share just as much information about, you know, what's going on here and behind the scenes as much as possible. And I'm actually working on releasing uh, a little documentary type of video about, you know, how this came about and sort of my thought process behind a lot of these things that were going on. And I'll tell you one other thing about this is I could delegate things at work sometimes. I could allow someone else to do something and manage something and <laughs> in this space it's all me you know <laughs> i'm doing every you know, i'm taking the trash out you yeah. know and i wasn't used to anything like that so it, it's quite a shift in the way that you think about things So I know also that we're going to be covering, uh, and this was a lot of fun, but I I know Lisa and I want to cover how to decorate the space and some other surprising things that maybe you wouldn't think about with regard to setting up a classroom. And I think we're going to cover that next time. Yeah. And some of these tips too will help those of you, even if you're not setting up a classroom, you can take some of the tips that we're going to be talking about and use Mm -hmm. that for your own studio space at home. Yeah, definitely. So be sure and tune in for that next time. And if you have any specific questions about what we discussed today, about me moving into the Sharpened Artist Studio and Classroom, we'd love to entertain those questions. You can comment in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. You can reach out to us on any social media platform. Lisa's always at Lockery. I'm at Sharpened Artist. And this is a weekly show, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.